And we'll take offering after we show this short video. During this short video, you're welcome to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Thank you. watching that short video clip, it truly is remarkable, isn't it? And we do come together to celebrate this Christmas season, the greatest news this world has ever heard, the greatest news this world has ever known, the greatest news which so many people around the globe still need to hear. I'm going to pray and we'll collect the offering as we get started this morning. Let's pray for that offering. Lord, we thank you for the offering which is about to be collected. We pray for it to be used for your will, for your purpose, for your plan, for your kingdom come and forevermore. Lord, we pray for this message. We pray for this Christmas season and for all that your word proclaims to us of your baby Jesus coming to save. Lord, we thank you for love came down. May you clear our minds and help us to focus upon you now. Amen. As I was saying, I found that video just remarkable to consider that this baby Jesus came. And he came for us, but some words from this video, and I just couldn't get over it. I think I listened to it over and over and over again. In fact, I think I listened to it about 50 times over before Jessica finally walked in the office wondering, what is all that noise going on in there, and scared me, because I did not see her come in the room. Some of the words, we were enough, we are enough, God loves us, God sent Jesus, he offers redemption, and as this band, which is for king and country, that very band we're going to have a live stream of the concert for in a couple weeks, as that band says, Jesus, this baby, Jesus, would provide for us a fresh start, freedom, and we can now walk with heads held high, knowing we are never alone. Never alone. God is smiling at us. God loves us. And as I considered the scriptures 
And as I considered what are we going to speak of the next few weeks through December and through this Christmas season, I thought about how we need to hark. We need to listen. You see, that's the very meaning of the word hark. Hark the herald angels sing of the famous Christmas carol, which we've sung over the years. But the very meaning of that word hark means to listen. That's why we hear it referring to what the angels were singing. They brought a great message, a great a great proclamation for people to listen to and to respond to. And in God's word, we still have a great message. But sometimes we need to hark, we need to stop, we need to draw near, we need to draw close to God's word and to him and truly listen. But sometimes we're so busy, 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 whether it be sports, whether it be school, whether it be work, whether it be the Christmas decorating, We get so busy buying Christmas gifts or setting up the tree or all these other things that we don't think about what truly matters most. And that's God. So this Christmas season, I ask you to hark. I ask you to stop. I ask you to draw near to God. And let's listen to what Christmas is truly about. As we go in this series, I want us to look to how the Lord has come to save us. The Lord is with us today, and we're going to look to the angels' messages, starting today with Mary, out of Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. So if you have your word of God open, I ask you to follow along with me, listen to me, hark as I read. And it says this in chapter 1 of Luke, verse 26, it says, in the six months... In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. If you want to mark up your Bibles, you can underline that or star it. The angel says to her, Gabriel says to Mary, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled, the word of God says at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, verse 35 of chapter 1 of Luke, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born, will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. You can circle that, underline it, star it, whatever. Nothing will be impossible for God. And that promise given to her here is still true today. Nothing is impossible for God. But we read on and it says in verse 38, And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. 
Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And that's one more thing you can underline or circle or star in your Bible is Mary's response to the angel, to God's messenger. Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. There are two main ideas that I want to point out from this scripture today. Briefly, quickly, we'll work through this. I don't want to overcomplicate it. I want to just powerfully state what the scripture shows us. Both of which we will find encouragement and application in. These are not new ideas. For one, it's right here in the scriptures, which people have been reading and, and taking encouragement from and conviction from and challenges from for generations upon generations. For two, I know I'm not the first pastor to preach from this word. In fact, just yesterday I read a pastor, um, a transcript of a sermon. Maybe you've heard of Pastor Alistair Begg. Wonderful pastor. Love listening to him. Has that Scottish accent. Better than my Ohioan accent, in fact. Funny thing is, I think he's out of Cleveland, Ohio, but he's um, Scottish. So he's got the best of both worlds, right? He preached on this, and he goes in much greater detail. If you want to look that up, let me know. But we start with this statement. Number one, the angel came to Mary and said, and this is the first statement we're looking at this morning. He said, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Now, at first glance... And especially if this is the first time you've ever read this before, if you've ever heard this before, and I know many of you, if not all of you, have heard these words before. You may be seasoned Christians who have matured in the faith and matured by his word and matured by the sanctification of, of God making you more like Christ. So maybe you need to take a step back and think, how would you read this for the first time? And here's what I came up with. You see, at first glance, first reading, I think one may have to stop, mouth open, and think, especially not just after that one statement, but after you read the whole scripture here that we read and think about this statement, you might think, what? Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. What are you talking about? Wait a moment. Let me read this again. Favored one, the Lord is with you. What does this even mean? And then as you think about it more, you think about how heavy this news would be upon Mary, how troubling this news would be. I see some teenagers in here. Do you know how old they believe Mary would have been? 15-ish years old. Now, I can't say exactly how old she would have been, but most believe she was a young teenager. And you're receiving news, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you, and saying that you will bear a son, and not just any son, but the son of God. Should we add upon this news that she's not even married yet? She's betrothed. And that does mean more than just engaged. It means there's been a public account of witnesses which have come before this man and woman and then heard the intent. They are going to marry, but still... She's a virgin. Favored one. I think this, this news is a little heavy, but let's take this a step further. In verse 32, he proclaims that this favor is upon her, and this baby she will bear, Jesus, I read from you, says, will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. 
and the Son of God is the one who will bring redemption and salvation for Israel and the entire world, the promised Messiah, the Son of the Most High God, she will be the mother of. I can definitely see where this message could be quite troubling and quite heavy. Mary would be greatly troubled. It even says this, and that's where the angel Gabriel responds. It says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You see, she needed a little bit more clarification. But even in this, if you notice, there's not a lot of clarification, is there? Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And he clarifies a little, but not enough to answer or respond to the nine months of pregnancy questions, rumors, persecutions she will endure. But apparently it was enough. It was enough. You see, the angel's message was enough for her to understand that she was favored by God, and so are we. That's why I had you underline that. You see, the message Mary received is applicable to our lives as well. God has greatly favored us. And that's that next slide here. God has greatly favored us. The Lord is with us, and he is with us always. And we should remember this. We should write this down. You are favored. For just as the Lord was with Mary, the Lord is with you. In fact, you may consider yourself even more favorable because you're not going through nine months of pregnancy. Let's move on. Number two, the second statement I want us to see here is how Mary moved forward. Despite any questions, despite any complications or, or contemplations, which she might be thinking of, her second statement here is, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Despite the angel's proclamation of simply what was going to happen, the how it was going to happen, and maybe not necessarily giving a lot of details as to the how or as to the why or as to the what, we see obedience despite all of this. Obedience. Now, some might claim that she was young and naive, as many teenage women are, and she did not understand what this pregnancy would bring to her life. But I think that's wrong. I think she knew, especially 2,000 years ago, where women were not sheltered from these things, and this was a norm, this was a common occurrence. She knew what was going to be happening. I think what it all comes down to is Mary's lack of questions before submission was not her being naive, she was honored by and faithful to God's plan and will and her place in it all. Mary is honored. Mary is faithful. And again, this message that Mary received is applicable to us. Sometimes we see the hard things which come upon our life, and we fail to see how it is all within God's plan, God's will for his kingdom come. And it is a blessing, and we can be honored and we can and should be faithful too. Mary's magnificent and awe-inspiring trust in God as she declares herself the Lord's servant is a model for us. But then we look beyond that too, and we see Jesus years later being obedient to the cross. Jesus himself emptied himself and became a servant for God's will in our great need. So we can see Mary's example to be a servant for the Lord God most high and then we can see Jesus himself and his example for our life as well. Here is a summarized point. Christians should be honored by and faithful to God's plan and will. We have the advantage of knowing 
what Jesus has done on our behalf, how much more should we therefore trust in God? I want to point out next her faith, just a little bit more detailed. You see, despite questions, despite contemplations to come, despite maybe even more worries or anxieties, there is no opposition to God's will and message proclaimed. Sure, he, she asked one brief statement, how can this be? How will this come to be considering I am a virgin? But we don't see paragraphs, statements, and verses and verses of contemplations and thought Will I follow the Lord? Will I do this? We too as Christians must have faith in God like a child has faith in his or her loving parents. No opposition, just loving submission. You see, I feel that sometimes we don't have the childlike faith that we should. We don't walk in faith. We say we do, we want to, and maybe eventually we get over here where God truly wants us, but... So often we know God wants us over there and we walk a little and we say, but do I really? Oh, well, there's a puddle there and I've got my flip-flops on and my burks, they might get dirty. We need childlike faith to, faith to jump into the arms of God and let him carry us to where he wants us to be. I think to my son Colton right now, who he just loves letting Felicity jump into his arms. And Felicity does it almost every time she will jump in his arms. And I kind of started lecturing him. I said, Colton, I love what you're doing. It's fun to see. But as a dad, I'm worried that she's going to start trying to jump into other people's arms. And they're not going to be there to catch her because they don't know the game. God is always there to catch us, to carry us to where he wants us to be. But we must have the faith, like a child, like my Felicity, to jump and not just keep contemplating whether or not we want to. You see, the rest of the details God gives us for where he wants us to go, go often come through walking forward in faith, in trust, in him. God will give us the details, but we need to first just start following him. We must walk in faith and let God show you the way to go. And as Mary considers her path, I want you to see how she praises God. In Luke 1.46, we have this. If you still have your word open, listen to Mary's song of praise here. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. If I have two closing thoughts, two take-homes, two applications, two ideas for you to really just take home, one is what we just covered are you having childlike faith to truly follow after Christ? Not keep contemplating it, not keep asking about it, but just start walking and saying, God, I'm going to trust you to show me the way. Two is this scripture here. Are you praising God for his kingdom plan and will? Are you praising God for his use of, of you in bringing this to be? And here's the thing, guys. This scripture of Mary's praise, this song, it comes later. So maybe people want to say, well, she was naive. She didn't know what was to come. This is after we already see her meeting and, and filling baby Jesus bouncing around when, when she came into the presence of John the Baptist. She knew what was going on here. 
She knew the pains and the struggles of pregnancy, the rumors going on around her, the persecution going on around her, and she is praising God for it all. Do you praise God for where he's put you? It may be hard, but you know what? That hard circumstances should help to solidify your faith in him. He will care for you. He will carry you. He will help you. And his kingdom will come to be always and forever. Many pro- Mary then proclaims in this, and I want you to see this. She says that her soul magnifies the Lord and her spirit rejoices in God her Savior. Mary says that generations will call her blessed For he who is mighty has done great things for her. Now, I don't want to belittle the fact that God did amazing things through Mary and our baby Jesus, our Lord Jesus, came through her. But I do want to point out this to you. To you who think that you're not enough. To you who think that God doesn't do great things to you. To you who think that you're not loved. I want you to hear God loves you. He sent Jesus for you. And you too are greatly blessed. And he who is mighty has done great things for you too. This song Mary sings, we too can sing. And when she sings, generations will call her blessed for for, for he who is mighty has done great things for her. Generations and generations and generations and nations upon nations around the world too will one day see Christians as the blessed Blessed people of what we are, we are blessed by God. Do not doubt that. You are blessed. Generations should see the blessing of Christ in your life. We must hark. We must listen up. Draw near to him and his word and sing of his greatness for others to listen to as you proclaim like the angels, Christ's coming, but not just of him coming 2,000 years ago. Proclaim of his greatness now. For he still comes into people's lives today. This is truly, as we started this message with that for King and Country song or intro titled, A Christmas Monologue, if you want to listen to that later. This truly is remarkable news. Of a fresh start, we can hold our heads up high. And so can this world with a smile on their face as they trust in Jesus. Celebrate together the greatest news this world has ever known this Christmas season. And every day of your lives proclaim that his love has come to save us. Allow God to use you, just as God used Mary. Be submissive. Be submissive. We'll close in prayer and one final song. Thank you. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your body being together and just the encouragement we give one another being in this church together. But Lord, this isn't about us, it's about you. So Lord, we pray that as we sing this final song, may we contemplate your word. May we contemplate the application to our life. Contemplate how you have come to save us and you want to use us. May we stop contemplating all the questions, all the whys, all the hows, all the whats, and just say, Lord, I will follow you. Just show me the way. Show me the way. Lord, when we feel like we're not favored, when we feel like we're not blessed, when we feel like we're struggling because we don't know what way to go, we don't know where our strength comes from or our wisdom or comfort, may we remember, Lord, that you are good 
You are great. You are a refuge for your people, and you will help us for all eternity. And Lord, it's in your holy and powerful name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Please stand and join us.